This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a SuperAge? Welcome to episode 56 of the SuperAge show. This will be dropping on October the 20th, 2021. How is everyone? It's fall in most of the northern hemisphere. It's actually winter if you live where I live. I, I live in a crazy place where it's winter seven months of the year, but I, I like the snow. I think it's pretty. Um, this is last weekend. Uh, I had um, what can only be described as a Marie Kondo fit. I, I had a couple of espressos and I looked at my closet and I said, I got to do something about this. And I pulled out everything I owned and I laid it on the bed and I thought, am I taking care of this thing or is this thing taking care of me? You know, I don't know. Does it bring you joy or not is what Marie Kondo would say. And I just cleaved my clothing in half. Um, and just am you know, in the process of getting rid of half of it. And, but the other half I can see very clearly now, which is you know, one of the benefits of having less stuff um, that we can... I really feel... Some people are very stuff-oriented and um, no shade on them. Awesome. Um, for myself, if I have too much... There's sort of a critical mass of stuff. And after I get over that, then I have to sort of de-stuff my world in order to think clearly again and, and create new thoughts. And so I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good to do this. I, I spoke to a gentleman maybe five or six years ago. He's a big guy in the ad world. And he said, every five years, you should throw out all of your clothes, everything that you've got and just get new stuff. Now that, that seems a little rash to me, but um, I like the spirit of rejuvenation or finding the things that you own that are actually kind of awesome and they may be decades old. Like I'm wearing a pair right now of black wool dress trousers. I think I bought in the mid nineties with, but I got them with like, I'm wearing them with like sneakers today. I wouldn't have even seen these because they were like back, you know, behind a bunch of other stuff that is no longer in there anymore. So anyway, I encourage everyone to do that. Renew, fall renew. Um, this week on the show, we have um, Mr. Jim Howard, and we're going to talk about ketones. And I think there is so much confusing, contradictory information out there about ketones, not the least of which happens in the grocery store, like keto-friendly this, keto-friendly that. Like, what does that actually do? And, uh, you know, all the advice that we're given on, like, well, there's the 816 intermittent fasting causes ketosis. Does it really? I don't know. Um, or, you know, you've got to fast for days at a time, or maybe just eat soup, or, and what is actually the benefit of doing this? Besides, you know, an endurance event of saying like, okay, I can actually do this. Is there a real health benefit to this? So we're going to dive into all that with Jim in just a second after a quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a platform like no other. It helps us optimize our health and our performance out in the world. Did you know if you get a physical these days, the standard operating procedure for most physicians is not to measure your vitamin D level. They just assume that you're deficient and that you should probably take, you know, the general, what they tell you is like 600 IUs of vitamin D every day. 
A much better solution to this would be something like the Inside Tracker platform that will test your actual levels of vitamin D, make a suggestion to you through the platform of how much you should supplement or not, because maybe you don't need to supplement, and be testing a whole range of the other critical biomarkers that will affect your health as you go forward and give you solutions for them, mostly food-based solutions. I'm a huge fan of Inside Tracker. I feel that having uh, having the knowledge of where you are internally, like what's your LDL? What is your vitamin D level? I have that in my phone every day. And I'm familiar with what those levels are. I had, before I started using Inside Tracker, I had no idea. It was just something the doctor would say, like, well, you're good. Maybe we need to work on this. Inside Tracker says, this is exactly what the level is, and this is exactly what you need to do. Go to insidetracker.com slash ages today. Save 25% on all of the products. Empower yourself with the knowledge of what's going on inside your body. Hey, Jim, how are you today? Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, David. I'm doing well. Where are you today? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, I'm right close to downtown, next to Washington oh. University and St. Louis University. Oh, lovely. It's strange. I'm, I'm in Park City, Utah, and I woke up this morning, it was four inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> it's wow. like a snowstorm well, happening outside. It's- it's 80 degrees here and sunny and beautiful. So, <laughs> oh, I like St. Louis. I've only been there once. It's a lovely town. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's just start with a little bit of your personal story. So um, you, I have one of your products made by Biosense. It's a, key, it's a breath ketone meter. Right. And how is it that you got involved with this? Why, why are you doing this? Yeah, I think that, you know, I live in the Midwest where obesity is a problem, probably a bigger problem than on the coastal areas. We behavior modification requires biofeedback, period. We know we know that now. And I got involved through a personal story in that, um, you know, I have a background in breath diagnostics and respiratory diagnostics, um, spent some time with a company called Care Fusion. And, and but at a personal level, I have a ketosis or ketotic household, as we would say. I had six knee surgeries, could barely walk anymore, yet I have three, I'm sorry, two young children that I could, I really could not carry up the stairs anymore. So I was your, your typical super high carb following that pyramid, um, just killing my body, even though I was fit because I was running 50 miles a week to get rid of all the, the crap that was going into my, my system. Then I had, um, my wife, uh, was a cancer survivor as a cancer survivor. And so she's the, she opened the door for ketosis therapy, you know, for, uh, recurrence purposes. And, and basically it just worked for me, worked for her. And at the same time, there was a project, uh, that I heard about that, that two guys were working on. And that was this, what became this company readout health and the product biosense. And it was that they were figuring out a way to measure ketones, much like CGM does for, for glucose. And it's tracking that all day as it occurs. So you got the biofeedback when something happens that has been gravely lacking in the world of ketogenesis. So providing what is my fat oxidative or fat burn state as I run or as I eat this or as I fast or as I even now taking exogenous ketones. So whatever it is, is no one's been able to to pull that video together as opposed to just the snapshot in time. And um, so I got involved. I mean, I I got involved in the project 
Uh, my venture firm invested, I invested, and I, I left the venture firm to run the company. And here we are a couple of years later and with Biosense in the market now building the digital stuff that goes on top of the device. So we kind of work backwards, meaning like behavior modification needs programs. There's not a device to do it. So we built it. The, so let's, um, and how did your wife tell me about, you mentioned your wife is a cancer survivor yep. and that that interacted with um, your understanding of ketones. How, t- talking about ketones and cancer recurrence. Yeah, so, so you know, ketones and ketones, a couple of different things. There's cancer recurrence and then there's targeted therapies for cancer where you're starving the cells of glucose. So there's some really good early evidence that from a recurrence purpose that, you know, the, your, your nutrition in general, that's just a general statement, then on ketosis um, has some real promising impact on the return of cancer. And, you know, again, this, you're removing toxins through autophagy in your body. And, you know, in the most simplistic way, the more toxin removal that you have, the, the better your chance of preventing that recurrence. So um, there's a, I, we have, I think, 10 clinical trials right now. We probably half of those are in oncology you know, believe it or not in cancer and those, those spread the line of cancer recurrence as well as these targeted therapies for, you know, solid tumor or glioblastoma, things like that. So that's at the high level. I mean, if you think about it, you mentioned CGM, CGM is, or glucose monitoring, it, that's stopping the damage if you get that under control, but a good way to look at ketosis, and I don't mean the keto diet, I'm just talking about ketosis is that is the other side of the metabolic switch. That's where the damage is undone. And we focus on the undoing of the damage that one has done to themselves. And it has a preventative place as well when it comes to health, man. Um, you mentioned the word autophagy. Yep. So how, and, and let's uh, explain to everyone what autophagy is and what's the relationship between autophagy and ketosis? Yeah, I mean, there's, so when you, when you think about autophagy, as we, as we know, that's this state, it's an elevated ketotic state where you're, you have cellular re- rejuvenation, some say regeneration, but that's essentially your, your weaker cells being uh, essentially eaten and absorbed by your stronger cells. That, that cleanup of your body is absolutely essential when it comes to health span. So living a long time free of chronic disease. So it's, we haven't, you know, our, our bodies were built to eat and, you know, infrequently and, and not eat for extended periods of time. And that cleanup period was essential that the stress that we put on our bodies. So, so when you think about the aging process, if we can focus on, you know, really looking at aging through the lens of, you know, is that a, a permissive pathway for the onset of chronic disease or is this, the, is this the, the cause of disease? That is where autophagy comes in to play. And, and we believe and lots of research is coming out right now that, that using autophagy as a tool for aging is absolutely critical. And that comes through primarily through fasting. And when you fast, you, your ketones elevate, uh, based on clinical studies, we, we believe that about, you know, we have a zero to 40 measurement on biosense. When you get to about a 15 to 17 range, um, you're in an inferred autophagic zone. And, and the higher you are in that, the, the stronger the response, the deeper the autophagy would be to some degree. So, so it really shifts the entire model. It's, it's, if you think about if longevity and health span is, is curious and part of your, you know, your future plans, and I encourage it to be, 
Um, knowing what your actual body is doing as you enter these zones is critical as opposed to just guessing, you know, you can use one of these apps for fasting. It says, Hey, I'm an autophagy after 18 hours. Wow. Everybody is, it's not, it doesn't work that way. All right. So let's go right at that. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot of, I'm, I'm going to be polite and say contradictory information about, um, intermittent fasting. Um, what that means, length of time. Some people say it's like eight, you know, eat for 18 off 16. Other people say, no, you got to not eat for six days. Talk to me about what's, what's really going on here. You have the instruments to measure this. Tell me. Yeah. I I think that in industry we've done, um, I wouldn't say a poor job, but we've done the best that we can without, you know, biofeedback, without physiologic data of you, David, and how it's different than me, Jim, we're just going to have to move with some averages, kind of like, hey, go do your 10,000 steps. And all of us get that same exact benefit. That's, you know, that's fine 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But with data, now we, we can start to take it to the next level. So yes, there's a lot of misinformation and assumptions, but they're just based on the lack of data. So, so to be very specific, um, we're talking about, you know, through Biosense, we're able to, to look at fasting, for example, and say an 18-6 diet is going to have very, very, tip, for the typical person on American diet, an 18-6 diet is not going to do very much, <laughs> okay? Because you're, you're not going to go into ketosis, much less higher, you know, areas like, uh, you, you know, where your, your markers for anti-inflammation come in or autophagy. So, you know, that's kind of how it works. It's like you start to produce ketones, then you'll start to have, you know, get in a weight loss zone. Then you get into this anti-inflammatory zone and then 15, you know, plus on our device, you know, or maybe around 1.5 millimolar on a blood device, you're, you're entering an autophagic zone. And that is inferred. It, this is no magic bullet to say, Hey, you are in autophagy, but that's kind of a, a general area. And obviously there's different types of autophagy. So, so all of a sudden we can determine, is this 18.6? actually having any impact on me whatsoever. So, so maybe your goal is, Hey, it's just weight loss. And, um, but I can tell you, you're not going to lose weight doing an 18, six diet very effectively if you're eating crap in those six hours. So, so it's kind of like, where are you coming from? What is your baseline and, and biosense and biofeedback in general, you know, sensors, sensors can tell you that, Hey, you need to, you need to eat like a low carb diet, dietary protocol on the six hours to have any impact on, on this 18 hour fast. And I think people are generally surprised that, wow, I'm actually not even producing very much ketones at all. So the health benefits are probably a little more uh, evasive than most people think. And we, we prove that. And as a result, then they can say, okay, maybe I need to fast longer. Maybe I need to fast shorter because the, the benefit of fasting is the time in that zone not the time of restrictive eating. It is the, I'll repeat that. It's the time in a specific zone, not the time in a specific, um, you know, in a fasting protocol. So if I'm going to fast for three days, it's why am I doing that? It's an arbitrary number, right? It's because for most people that works really well. Okay. But quite frankly, I may need four days to get that health benefit. David, you may need two. So, so as a result, I've, I, my protocol is I, I do a two or three day fast sandwiched by a very carb restrictive day on each side. 
Now I say it's two or three days because I'm targeting 24 hours in an autophagic zone. That's 24 hours above a 15 on biosense. And sometimes it takes me a day to get there. Sometimes I'm super stressed out with work and it takes me a day and a half because my cortisol levels are going crazy. <laughs> so, but the bottom line is this, this allows you to be really smart. Okay. And we, we, that feature is called precision fast and it's real fasting data on that person, as opposed to using a national average that everyone else is contributing to. So, um, if I'm say going, so there's a lot of, um, other things people like to say around fasting, like sure. what you can and can't eat it with my understanding is the body is sort of, a a bit lazy yeah. and anything that approaches um a carbohydrate it'll immediately turn into glucose and then so like if i eat whatever i eat like green beans in the middle of my fast that's a carbohydrate and yep. then what does that do to my does my body then like switch out of ketosis i probably would not Okay. Um, you're metabolically healthy. I can tell. So I, I would say that that's not likely the case. Um, and you know, really, really depends on the individual. So mm. I, um, I, I don't know. I, I can tell you that for someone like myself, you know, I, I cannot go without a, you know, a teaspoon of creamer in my coffee on a fasting day. And I'm not going to give that up period. Others are like very strict and say just a water fast. Certainly the benefits of a water fast would be a probably greater than having that teaspoon of cream. You know, it's a true, true, true fast. Now, again, it's to each his own and there's all kinds of research to support any of these protocols. Um, but I'll, I'll give you the, on the far side of this is, you know, you, you mentioned, you and I mentioned offline um, Prolon as an example, we did a, a study of four people here in St. Louis on Prolon, which I, you know, that's a high carb caloric restrictive protocol. Mm -hmm. And the four, four individuals on, that did it, I thought for sure they'd be kicked out of ketosis and granted, you know, when they eat the, the limited amount that you do eat, their ketone levels did decrease very quickly, mm -hmm. but they ramped right back up within, you know, six, seven, eight hours. And you, you were able to really see that by that third day, um, you know, they, most, most of them were in an actual autophagic state. So, and, and retain that for the third, fourth, fifth day, you know, and that's, uh, so it's pretty interesting. So those with lower BMI in the, in the study were really high. In fact, one person I can tell you that had really high uh, ketone levels and, um, for, I think it was like 48 hours above a 20. I, I, I tell you that that woman looked 10 years younger when I saw her after the study and from before the study, she had real concentrated you know, interface, probably got a lot of good sleep too. And that too, but it, uh, I was just thinking that's the pill for your upcoming, uh, you know, class reunion. If anybody wants to do it to a four day fast. Now, now you mentioned people look much better. Is this yeah. now I've also heard there's something that has to do with stem cell production. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to, that I can go too deep on that, but I, you know, certainly uh, stem cell production and, and how, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can obviously do that. Um, it's, it's core to a lot of aging, anti-aging therapies and, you know, could this be done with that? You know, I certainly you can, I mean, there's, we, we have corporate customers that are doing some interesting things, you know, in storage of that and replenishment. So um, but yeah, I can't speak too deeply on that. 
um, you know, there's some more restrictions here that don't exist elsewhere. Okay. I guess, I guess what I was referring to is, uh, people in a, um, in a ketogenic state have heard that that, um, causes the body to produce stem cells, yep. but maybe yep. I'm incorrect on that. No, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I believe that to be true, but I'm not an authority on, on how stem cells are produced within autophagy or ketosis in general. So how does being in, say I, and I haven't successfully, I, I just want to like, as a disclaimer here, yeah. the highest I've ever gotten is a four. <laughs> um, and that's me. Um, uh, so what I'll do is I'll stop eating at like six at night. I get on my spin bike at like eight in the morning, the next morning, I'm on it for an hour. Um, and, uh, that'll get me to four. Um, and I keep wanting to block out like three or four days where I can just be debilitated and yeah. like not, and just like not eat. Um, right. haven't had the, haven't had the, the moment to do that. I intend to do it. Um, but talk to me about if you're, if you're fasting and you're in, this um, autophagic zone, how does that affect the body's uh, muscle mass? Like, will my body start to cannibalize itself to feed itself? Yeah, there, you know, studies have shown that, and there's some good information, like a diet doctor as a great resource. Studies show that, that fasting does not eat your muscle mass. Okay. So I think that that's, there's some misinformation out there on that. I mean, you're going to use your stored body fat. Okay. Now, obviously if you're just not working out, you know, and in during your fast, um, you, you know, muscle loss can come from that or your, your sedentary, but it's not, it's not going to be directly that you're starting eating your muscles in a fast in the typical fast that, that we do, you know? Um, so yeah, evidence is lacking there. And, and you mentioned, um, exogenous ketones. So that's mm-hmm. your, your, you're taking in a ketone in, into your body. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. So exogenous ketones are a, a very good way to, uh, an easy way, but a very temporary way to achieve similar results. Not all the same results that you would, um, but you would get highly elevated ketones, you know, depending on the amount. Um, but it's, it's just an easy way to get into ketosis. You will get into a fat oxidative state. Um, and you can do that from MCT oil. You can do that from an exogenous, you know, commercial exogenous ketones. There's a bunch of them out there. They're expensive though. And again, you can kind of eat, eat whatever you want. Typically is that who they would appeal to or you're an elite athlete. They, they use those a lot for training and you're, jacking up your ketones for a three or four hour period. Okay. Um, and, and again, that's one way to do it. So you're either going to get into ketosis through, through a nutritional protocol. Okay. Or, and the nutritional protocol can be a carb restrictive dietary, you know, environment or through, um, you know, uh, fasting mechanism. So that's one way. The second way would be, you know, through exercise, extreme exercise will put you into fat oxidative state, obviously. And then, uh, you know, you're depleting your muscles of your glycogen stores and, and used in combination with fasting. It's highly, highly, highly effective. Like you were talking about. Um, but you're, you're kind of stuck in some lower zones. I'm like that too, David, by the way. Um, and then the third is going to be exogenous ketones. I don't, I don't use exogenous ketones. We do test them here because people send those to our, you know, here in our lab and we'll, we'll see how, what the impact is with breath ketones. 
And, um, you know, they're pretty similar. It's, they all kind of put you into ketosis and then they, three hours later, you're out of it. I'm, I'm puzzled about something here. So, um, if I take something, an exogenous ketone or like MCT oil, something like that, I'm taking calories into my body. So is my body going to go into autophagy by doing this? Well, again, there's argument, there's arguments that, that you need to, there's good arguments. I would say that in good research that through fasting, you, you achieve, you know, these autophagic zones of, of ketosis through fasting. Um, there's, you know, the argument would be from the prolons of the world is does a fast mimicking diet or does an MCT, um, you know, loads of, of, of coconut oil, which is what MCT is loads of that fat can put me into those ketotic zones too. Um, I, I think that there's really good evidence that you should be fasting, but again, I mean, Prolon's got some good research that you're, you know, that the impact from a fast mimicking diet works. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, there's just, it's still really, really early in all of this research. I, I can tell you that safely for me to go into what I believe in autophagic zone is that I, I fast. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I match that up with, with exercise, you know, pretty, you know, good, good hour long run to deplete my glycogen stores. And then I jump into that fast bookended by a, you know, a solid 20, 20 carb max day, you know, to initiate, you know, really get my body prepared for fasting. And I would say the one takeaway, like for your show and your listeners is fasting, you have to be prepared for it. You have got, if you want, if you're doing it for health span reasons, you have got to prepare your body for it. You can't just jump right into it and expect any results. Talk to me about preparing. What do you, how does one do that? Yeah. So, so if the value, if the the value of fasting is to get into these areas of, of biologic repair, reversing through either autophagy or getting into a weight loss reversal type of thing. Uh, for type two diabetes or for obesity, you in fasting, you just can't just start it. You, you, you and I would have to prepare our bodies and say, all right, let's go in a carb restrictive protocol. Maybe go for a run, whatever that is to deplete your glycogen stores, but you want to prepare your body. Otherwise you're just going to have to do a really long fast. So what you're talking about is like, Hey, I can get up to a four. You might, it might take you three days to get into, you know, an autophagic zone, but it probably take you two days if you're coming from a very carb restrictive protocol, you go for that long run and maybe it's two days of, of a carb restrictive protocol, but I mean, all of us should be living a carb restricted protocol anyway. <laughs> you know? Well, um, let's put some numbers on that. Yeah. By carb restricted protocol, how many grams a day? Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone's got their own, it depends on how much you're burning too. So what is your, you know, are, are you not moving around a lot? I would say not that much then if it's, you know, everyone's different. I'm, we're not here to give nutritional advice, but I, I, you know, I can tell you myself and my friends, it's, you know, keep that under probably 30, you know, net carbs would be the high end. Uh, maybe 20 would be a better target of net carbs. You know, it's not that hard when you adopt, when you start to adopt the lifestyle, you know, of carb restrictive lifestyle, it's just, we don't eat bread. We don't eat rice. We don't eat you know, any of these high carb foods and you just replace it with really good, higher fat, higher protein options, you know, that are plant-based, you know, a little bit of animal-based, but a lot of plant-based stuff. So, um, 
you know, th- this goes well beyond just, you know, when you're talking about health span, it's not just what you're avoiding. It's also, Hey, what am I pulling into my diet that I didn't have in before? Cause you're not going to get much value of from bread, rice, and potatoes, you know, a little bit from potatoes, but I mean, you're just not going to get that much value from all of those types of foods that are high and, and certainly nothing processed. So if you're replacing that with higher fat options and, you know, making your, your, your chocolate mousse with avocados, pretty good (laughs) (laughs) right on man yeah um the so if you're not in a say um you know you're not in a pre-fasting protocol or fasting and you're just you know jim's just having like a normal wednesday yeah um so do you you know if you're using um a biosense ketone meter are is it registering at all if you're just sort of like what, tell me about your day. Like, what do you, Yeah. how does yeah. that work? Well, I mean, we, there's, we're involved with a lot of clinical protocols. So the device is, is um, for in-home measurement of ketones, but the ketosis is the therapy with, you know, for Alzheimer's, obesity, type two diabetes, reversal, epilepsy, autism, on and on and on really good information coming out in heart failure. And then certainly the oncology play with starving the cells of glucose so they don't proliferate. So, you know, depending on what it is, or maybe it's just, Hey, I want to be feel better and have cognitive improvement. It doesn't really matter. All these are kind of, Hey, we need to get into some type of ketosis state. The, the, the problem and the difficulty with ketosis. And I can tell you my, my wife, for example, was using a blood ketone meter, checking it once a day and assuming that's her ketone levels all day. So, which is so far from the truth, you know, they, they move just like glucose does. So really you need to, whatever your protocol is personal or clinically driven, you need to test at least three to five times a day. So our clinical trial proved that a single measurement per day of ketones was more than 50% off of a time weighted average. The clinical community knows that. They know that because they, they know that ketones go up and down based on what you eat. The consumer, um, the consumer buyer is probably does not know that and should know that, that to monitor accurately, you would take probably three to five measurements per day to build your trend line that's going to be surprising to many. And that trend line then supports the the whatever the behavior modification that you need. So I, you know, when you start to use this and start to trend this, you're like, holy cow, you know, okra, high carb vegetable, that might kick you out of ketosis, might not kick me out of ketosis. Um, Or I can tell you oatmeal, you know, which is a low glycemic index. It's, it's a slow burner, right? Which is good for blood sugar, but man, that stays in my system a long time. And I cannot elevate my ketones if I have oatmeal, you know, for a couple of days. So, but everybody is different. And until you start playing around with, Hey, this check my ketone levels, you're, you're just getting really, really intelligent based on this insight of what your body needs to stay in the zones that you're trying to go after. And until now that's not been approachable. And are you finding in your research that the, that there's like the body adapts over time? Like if you do two, three, four fast that, that your entry into ketosis is easier or harder? Yeah. Yeah. There's actually two, two different sides of that, of that question that are, that are pretty interesting. So if you're metabolically flexible, meaning like if you're, if you are getting very good at fasting or ketosis in general, through the ketogenic diet or whatever, whatever it ends up being caloric restrictive, 
just the more often you do that, that you cycle in and out, you know, and I don't know if, you know, outside of epileptics, we don't see a lot of people just staying in ketosis the rest of their life. Uh, maybe uh, if you're schizophrenic on that type of therapy, you may want to stay in ketosis. But most people kind of cycle in at times, but you're creating this metabolic flexibility that, hey, if I get off the wagon and I eat a pizza over the weekend, I could pretty much go back into ketosis pretty easily. Whereas the normal American cannot, they eat a pizza, they're screwed for <laughs> several days and they're gonna have to fast for several days. So you just become a lot more metabolically flexible. So that's how your body adapts to that. But again, knowing that you're in ketosis or not, or that you're burning fat or carbs has limited value, okay? And there, there are devices that can show that, hey, you're burning carbs or fat. You really need to know how deep are you in this fat oxidative mode so that I can undo the damage like weight loss, or I'm seeking autophagy and no weight loss and just cellular rejuvenation for someone like me that's 50 and 54, you know, I've got a five-year-old, I need to live forever you know, to see him do what he's going to do. So those are things that, that are really important to me, but here's the other side. What, what you see, you know, people like Dom D'Agostino or Peter Atia, when they are starting to post their peak beta hydroxybutyrate levels, which is blood ketones, those start to go down. So, and that happens with me too. So arguably breath ketones are a better way to track your fat oxidation when fasting, because your body will adapt and store less and less BHB. So BHB is a storage ketone. Um, whereas breath acetone is a different type of ketone. That's what's extruded from your body, you know, through breath. So Anyway, you'll store less and less. So, so it's, it's, it's arguably more reliable to have a breath ketone device for fasting. Yeah. I mean, myself, I'm not going to go around like blood testing myself all the time, Yeah, but I can put this in my pocket and I can just, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially, but for fasting, if you think about it, I mean, again, some people like to prick their fingers, you know, five times a day and that's fine. That's a good way to do it. And you'll get Mm. accurate. You'll get that trend line for a fast and say, Hey, I can stop now. You know, instead of 72 hours, it's like I, my body says I can stop at 56 hours because I've just done my 24 hours in that zone. Mm. Okay. But I, you know, not a lot of people like to prick their finger unless maybe they're type two. Well, no one likes to prick their finger, but you know, if you're a type two diabetic, you're used to it. Most people don't want to do it though. So, you know, non-invasive way, blow into the device, get your measurement. It's the only medical grade breath ketone device. And it's meant to be used multiple times per day to tell the story. And if you're, this isn't another thing that I think there's a lot of confusion about the idea of a ketogenic diet, right? Um, that, you know, if you, if I go into the grocery store, I feel like there's a whole aisle of ketogenic food, but by eating this will not put me in ketogenesis, right? Absolutely not. No, I no. mean, uh, there's ketogenic ice cream. Look at the carb count, right? 19 grams. <laughs> there's keto bars. We have, uh, you know, like if you go to, we, we, launched Biosense at the Metabolic Health Summit, which is a phenomenal opportunity to see really good research and, and metabolism studies using ketogenesis. Anyway, um, we were there and we, we kind of tested all these different keto bars and almost everything kicks you out of ketosis. You know, the vast majority of things like that. Uh, there's a couple of these kind of fasting bars that do not 
decrease your ketosis levels. You know, um, I, I just tested one from Proline. I tested another one from um, another weight. What was the company? Um, yeah, I forgot the name of it, but I'll, it's, they, they had a, a fasting bar too that was highly effective. Uh, Jenny Craig, it's actually Jenny Craig has one. So, you know, there are a few things that are, that have been tested rigorously and, um, but yeah, most stuff is, you really got to look at the carbohydrate and, and net carbohydrate content. Um, it, this is a little bit off topic, but okay. So say you're in a, in a low, um, you're in a low carb diet. Yep. Um, and, but one of the difficulties with that for some people is understanding, um, you need a certain amount of fiber in your body. Right. Um, and, sure. and fiber is, um, to my knowledge, always attached to a carbohydrate. Um, like what do you eat? Yeah. I mean, p- part of the, the, the need for, for fiber is to help pull, you know, your, your food through your system, obviously. And it's kind of like, there's an imbalance there of like, Hey, I have high carb crap. I, I have a lot of processed food. Well, you better have a lot of fiber to move that through. Right. Um, I can tell you that, that, you know, I can speak for myself is that the fiber needs are, are relatively, they're lower. If you're de- really taking your cred out of the, your dietary protocol. So if you're removing processed foods and breads and things like that, um, that don't have really any fiber, you know, whatsoever, your need for fiber through vegetables and fruits go, go down as well. So, um, you know, you're going to get it though, kind of automatically on a ketogenic diet, you know, most people are, are having a significant amount of low carbohydrate vegetables that are high fiber, you know, and, you know, it's a core part of doing, I guess, keto, right. But again, we don't, we're as a company, we don't really care what your protocol is at keto, paleo, whatever it is that you choose, um, you know, weight, uh, or or say it's a caloric restrictive or fasting. If you do it right, you're going to get into a fat oxidative state. So, um, you know, we, we, we kind of had a, had a good laugh. We looked at the, the top 25 consumer weight loss apps that are out there and programs. They're all pushing for fat oxidation none of them track fat oxidation, <laughs> none of them track fat oxidation. So it's funny. They're using an outcome, which is weight loss. The outcome is being used as feedback, which feedback you're supposed to be getting multiple times per day. When you think about cognitive behavioral framework. So it's, it's so antiquated how things are being done in 2021 is that everyone's skipping the feedback and going right to the scale and saying, there's your feedback. Well, good luck with that. You know? So people need to do it right. They need to, to use some mechanism of biofeedback based on what they do that day at that moment and see how your body reacts because it will be different between you and your buddy next door that's doing the same exact thing with the same exact height and the same exact weight. It's different for everybody. That's 100% right. And yeah. I, it, it's... Um you know, people often, they ask me and they're like, so what should I eat? And I said, well, <laughs> that's really complicated. Yeah. It depends on how your body metabolizes, you know, you can sort of like sort of general macros, but you know, everybody's really, you know, biomes different or epigenomes different. It's, you know, exactly. So you need, that's what I, I'm just saying, like, that's what I like about your device. Yeah. It's personalized. So I can just see right away. This is working for me or this is not. 
Yeah, yeah. And for fasting, you have the, you know, we have that fasting wheel like a lot of apps have, but it's actual real data, meaning it shows your level of ketosis, what what range you're in. Are you an anti-inflammatory or weight loss, whatever it ends up being, or an inferred autophagy? That's that's the stuff that drives people to make a a restrictive protocol bearable. You know, mm-hmm. if I know why I'm doing it, you know, like a three-day fast, nobody wants to do a three-day fast, but if you know why you're doing it and and you have that intelligence of, Hey, I'm getting into a deeper level, deeper level. And, you know, certainly in that type of fashion, you're going to see that, feel that tightening in your stomach. You do feel that, you know, you're, you're pretty alert during the day, you know, got to make sure you have your salt and magnesium. But other than that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun experience. If you know what the heck, if you know the why people just don't know the why mm. I'm doing it because I read it, I read it somewhere that I should do an 18, six or a three day or alternate day or whatever it ends up being. Confusing and contradictory. Yeah, the, exactly. The world, the, the world of what to eat and when. Yeah. Uh, so tell me for you, Jim. Um, I ask everybody this: like, what are your non-negotiables in your life? Yeah. You know, I I would say non-negotiables is is the time and commitment to my family, which is probably pretty common for everyone. I've got young children, and I I love raising them with my wife. Um, number two is at, at a personal level that food is medicine. And that is, you know, at a personal level that, that is brought into our family and, and those that I interact with, that they help them lightly understand that, and that we don't all have to go down this path of type two diabetes and obesity. Um, but number three is the much, I, I feel obligated as does everybody in our company. We are so obligated to check this $2 trillion cost of obesity and, and all of the related diseases that go with that. And, and, you know, I was born in 1967 and in this one generation in 1967, 10% of us were obese and 54 years later, it's now at 40% in one decade, it will be 49%. And the same heart failure has had a 50% increase from 1990 to now. Um, Diabetes has increased from 2% of the U.S. population when I was born, type 2 diabetes, to 10%, fivefold in one generation. And it has to stop. It has to stop. This is an epidemic that dwarfs, it absolutely dwarfs the pandemic of COVID. It's so much bigger. And, And you saw these kind of match. The people that died in COVID were obese and type two diabetic. Okay. And I think finally people are starting to talk about nutrition and the cause because it is the cause. And, and now it, it spills over into these pandemics and things like that. We, we have to start caring and understanding. And, and it, that starts with biofeedback at an individual level. So that's my non-negotiable is to, to continue to, to keep working on that for the, you know, for the big, the big picture. Food is medicine and obesity is disease state. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love your device, Jim. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I, I love the clarity that it brings and that it's not, you know, just a lot of the goofy stuff that we read on the internet. So yeah, good, good. Yeah, we worked really hard on bringing biases to the market and we're beefing up all the app and to support a lot of the, the clinical protocols that use the therapy of ketosis. So um, and individuals too that need it as well. So I really appreciate you having me. It's been an engaging conversation. Absolutely. Super informative. Thanks for your time today, Jim. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Super Aid Show today. 
I, I hope you learned a little bit about ketones. Um, I know I learned a lot about um, fasting and ketones and ketosis and what all that's about. If you have any more questions about it, though, you can just hit me up, David, at superage.com, and either I'll answer them or I'll ask Jim Howard um, what his thoughts are on this, and we can get back to you. Please leave us a rating wherever you're listening to this, iTunes or Google or Spotify. We love that. And maybe share with your friends who may have some interest in, like, what is fasting? What is all this keto stuff? Um, And send this off to them. They might like that. Next week, we've got another great show for you. Looking forward to having you with us. Everyone, have a great week.